0: I tune into the ACCU sports lab to see if my team wanna load. If they low, I'm quiet as a mouth. Love. But if they want keep tab, yeah. uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. That's Caville, yeah. he know what he be talking talkin yeah. about, Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking yeah. talkin about, They can press the analytic data with your hip hop yeah. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah. laugh.
1: So listen to so professor, professor, yes sir, yes and sir. And pay attention, because so he going to teach a this lesson, lesson, This is Dr. Lills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington Charles Bishop are on assignment. Coach Scott, they seem to always find themselves on assignment. But they're telling me they're taking care of business. I don't know. I keep looking at it. I'm a whole payroll, But we're going to see how we make it work with that being said how you doing coach scott
2: i'm doing well doing well just uh getting ready for the big game here in a week but doing some media stuff getting that behind us so then we can get get to the uh, really get in the lab like you're in the lab get in the lab and get back to work
1: i like that i like that i see how you know how to play on the words you like intro. I see that. with that being said welcome to episode 467 of inside the hbc sports lab radio show and podcast the show that's covering the sporting HBCU- dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small. From the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. For short, we just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yannicka Bill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, they're out on assignment, but I have none other than the Prodigy M Ourself, Brandon King, come in here, doing his thing. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-hall of famer, that is Ralph Cooper, in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting educational and data analytics. With that being said, Without further ado, let me bring back on our special guests. We got a special show. We're going to bring in the coaches that are playing for a championship. I have them ranked number one and number two in Dr. Ville's inside the HBC Sports Lab. With that being said, we have none other than Coach Scott,
2: champions of the Mia. Coach? Well, sir, yes, how sir. How does it feel? How does it feel? Man, it feels great. But you know, like I said earlier, it's just kind of just settle in. You know, we were kind of been busy. We got right back to work. Got right back at it with recruiting and all that good stuff. And then after this weekend's game and watching the Swag Championship, uh, let that thing settle out and see that we got the Four NM rattlers. It kinda got, you know, kind of hit home and got real. So it was time to, you know, wrap up the recruiting weekend and get back in the lab, like I said, Doc, and start getting to work on trying to see if we can bring home a championship.
1: Man, you're tireless. I see you making it work. As you said, you're in the middle of the business watching the game, which means you're celebrating HBCU sports. But you putting work in there as you're doing recruiting. That's a powerful statement that it just doesn't stop. But, you know, Coach, I like to go a little bit in terms of the history and connect back. And I know at some point you'll have real time to do it, but I'm going to see if I can take you back just a little bit.
2: Okay. Spring 2020.
1: (laughs) Spring 2020. (laughs) COVID.
2: Yes, sir. take over the
1: program, the world gets shut down. But you get the chance to play two games in the spring. It's supposed to be a couple more, some get shut out. And unfortunately, as the world would have it, you went 0-2. Can you talk about yep. going from 0-2 in a COVID environment? All of us don't know what is going on. We're trying to really figure it out, literally figure it out as we go. To the point now, that next Saturday, you will be playing for a national championship. Yep. HBCU national champion the cricket. Celebration bowl. Talk about Absolutely, reflecting God. just a little bit.
2: Yeah, as you as you uh, described it out and those things, it, it takes it does take you back. And I'll take it all the way back a little bit further than you. Taking the job in February of twenty twenty, before we even got to spring, I took the job. I get there in February. I don't know, right after the national signing date, I stayed on at the University of Florida until we had completed the, the, that recruiting class. Uh, you know, a couple days later, I'm in, I'm in Washington D.C. trying to settle out what we're going to do here. Um and in March, right when we're getting ready to get started with our first true spring ball, world shuts down, right? <laughs> um, and and literally our kids went home for spring break. The plan was to let them go home for spring break, come back, and we're gonna start our first spring. And lo and behold, we never came back. We never showed up. I didn't see our team or that football team for until eleven months later. Uh, so well, not eleven months later. So it's go February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. October, November, December. Yeah, almost 10 months late, 10 and a half months later. Uh, we were doing everything virtual. We we would have meetings uh, just like we were going through a regular football season and Mondays at 2.30, kicking game, kick game. We had six opponents that we virtually game planned out, and we played a whole virtual season. And on Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock was game day for us, and we would have game day questions and put on, you know, the film up on the monitor and ask the guy what's his alignment, what's his assignment, what's his no, technique. Man. And we did that for six games, and uh, we played it out actually the BAC championship game and played out the scenario of one day being in the celebration bowl and, uh, and did the whole thing. We played the celebration bowl and that wrapped up our virtual season. Uh, tried to come back again, like you said, in the spring, we tried to play a spring season and a dead winter of, of DC snow on the ground. I know nothing about snow doc. I don't know how to get, you know, snow off the ground. We don't have removers on the turf. There were days we practiced, days we didn't get, didn't get the practice. Days we were completely shut down for 10 days and put in the quarantine and all those different things, and I didn't know one of these kids from Adam, other than what we had done, you know, virtual in the virtual space. Uh, as we got to know them and them get to know us and our staff and standard and expectation, so we were actually just shooting from the hip. I think before we played that first game, we might have we might have had fourteen practices under our belt before we just gave it a whim and just said, hey, "I don't care what the results of this is going to be, I got to figure out what we have here, who can play a little bit, right. who can do some things, and, and all we just needed to figure it out." Uh and, and took, you know, and took two losses under the chin there to, you know, a, a team that actually had their team. They were able at least able to lift and meet and be around each other and do those type of things and some of them even practiced. We didn't have that. Uh but I knew we needed to find out what we were made of and, and you know what you know what our personnel looked like and all those type of things as we moved into the twenty-one season. Um in which we only won three games in that season and, and kind of but I knew we were building something special with this young base, uh a young football team that we have to really develop. We don't go to the transfer portal. We don't bring in a whole bunch of guys that, you know, play at other places and those type of things. We have to develop better than anybody else. We pride ourselves in that. And so, you know, you go through the 21 season, you you win three games. Uh, You go through the the next season following that 22 season and you tie for a conference title, you know, you you tie for it and you lose a head-to-head match to North Carolina Central that went on to win the Celebration Bowl. Uh, And then a year from there, you know, you win it outright. And now we have a chance to go play for it. So, we like to refer to it in our, year, in our time here since we've had three complete cycles, 21, 22, and 23. We basically went, we you know, we played for two championships in the three-year cycle since we've been here. So we're proud of what wow. we've done here. Um, and we know we still got a lot of work to do. There's more to be done, but um like where we are right now.
1: Great points. I'm glad that you took us back. Um, wow, it's kind of hard to really encapsulate that. and You really did that. Brandon, get in here and ask us follow-up question. You're on mute. Ah,
3: there we go. <laughs> Good evening, coach. How you
2: doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You mentioned just a minute ago, you were talking about as you were building your, your program, you don't really look to uh, the portal uh, in terms of bringing in talent. So obviously you look to more of the, the high school ranks and in looking at that, does that mean since the portal is not really something that you kind of look at, do you have even more of a discerning eye in terms of outlining not only the type of talent that you want for your program, but also the type of uh, young
2: men that you want to uh, shape into your program as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's Howard University, right? You have to make sure, hey, that you know they match the culture and the profile here academically. Uh, it can handle the academic rigors of, of what how it is. But also, uh, we've got to find guys that love football, that love every aspect of playing the game, not like it. You know, we kind of changed the rhetoric around here from I go to Howard and I play football to I play football at Howard. And multiple things can be true at the same time. So, you know, going out and, and really profiling the other great programs, that's one of the great things. I leaned in on some of my experience and background uh, recruiting in the SEC throughout the Southeast and over on the West Coast a little bit and through the Metroplex of Dallas and through the metro, you know, Metroplex area of, of Atlanta and kind of know some of those coaches and profiles of programs uh, where actually, you know, academics are important, but playing football is pretty doggone important too. Um, and those are the type of kids that are going to fit what we build at Howard and how we're going to do it. And we're going to have to do it with high school kids uh, because just the transfer deal kind of don't work out with transferable credits. Uh, for a lot of guys trying to transfer in here to Howard so uh, we have to make sure we don't miss we have to do a very good job in recruiting and that's why we're still very much so developmental in every aspect of what we do we watch a ton of film on high school guys Uh, we spend a lot of time discussing our recruiting board and who fits and who doesn't fit we can going to fall into the profile with that love football um, and and they're going to help us uh, make a difference because we understand that we're not going to be able to fill in holes like that we can mess with the Graduate transfers a little bit that actually finished someplace, but I even like doing that if I'm gonna take a transfer. At least a young man went to someplace and he finished the assignment, right? He's not bringing his issues or bringing with the issues of why he didn't finish the four-year period of time at the university he originally chose, right? This young man stuck it out. He finished. He has two years of eligibility, and now he wants to spend his post-grad time at Howard University and earn a postgraduate degree. Uh, from Howard University and most of those young men come in here and they're very serious about that opportunity. They're not here just to play football for a semester or two. They're here to play football, help us win championships, but also obtain post-grad education, right, whether it's an MBA, whether it's, a, uh, uh, you know, another master's degree in finance and those type of things where they understand, the, you know, the big picture value of what they bring. And so those guys are a little bit more mature, uh, a little bit more seasoned, and they add a lot to sometimes a young locker room, a young talented locker room, but then guys give them a lot of perspective. So we have good balance that way. Uh, What we're doing, but we pride ourselves in how we recruit, how we profile, how hard we work at it. And then once we get our kids here, doing a great job of setting up our programming from January to January uh, that is very much so built around shaping the mind, shaping the body, uh, and shaping the spirit and purpose and passion of why you play here at Howard. So uh, we we really, I guess, pride ourselves in higher education and the higher education piece of that is is, is, uh, football for us.
1: Good stuff, Coach. I heard you talking about the Dallas Metroplex and Houston. I didn't told you before. You know, I know you, you. we don't want to get you in no trouble, so don't get into the politics. You know, you got enough folks in D.C. to do that for you. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> right? That's so when, right. You know, sometimes they talk about bringing a wall down here. I said, don't worry about the wall. Just put up an invisible fence to keep some of these HBC coaches out of
2: Texas. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I promise you, my friend, we're going to come through there. That You know, that's an area that when you find the right schools and the right system. that like They believe in academics. They do well in school, and they can yep. also play a little football. They can run and do all those type of things, too. So, no, we're going we're gonna to spend some time in there, my friend.
1: Well, I promise this part. Next time you're in Houston, just call me up. We can go to lunch, and maybe I can negotiate it that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do that.
1: In all seriousness, let's get back to this game. We done talked about all the outside stuff, and we'll get a chance, and that'll be some of the filler for the week getting up into it. But talk to, for these football people that watch the show here. They really want to get into some of the X's and O's. From your perspective, yep. in terms of this matchup, give us some insight on some things that we should consider uh, that might not necessarily come out this week uh, from your
2: perspective. I mean, I think it's really the biggest one is just really how good um, that, that Florida a and football team is. Uh, mm. They've got it's, its speed all over the field at all positions. You know, their athleticism speed and and the biggest thing that you find when you're watching it they're really well coached man if they're playing you know with whatever we perceive to be the the front and coverage that's what you see guys are where they're supposed to be and when they're not they have the speed and athleticism to recover um and like i said uh, they they have a bunch of guys on their on their defense especially that are erasers even when they're wrong they can make themselves right uh because of the speed athleticism and, and they're real physical so uh, I think it's going to be a physical football game, more physical than what, what most people may think it would be. Um, and, you know, they got they got skill and talent. The quarterback, uh, I think, is really good. I know sometimes people have had their veterans on but he is the Swag Player of the Year, uh, and he's very productive in, in what they do offensively, and they have a multitude of backs to get the ball to. Uh, they have a tight end that I think is probably one of the better tight ends. I think he can play anywhere in the country when you want to turn on the tape and watch him. Uh, and his his size and athleticism and, and run after the catch ability and those type of things. So, uh, between those backs, the tight end, the quarterback, uh, they definitely got enough talent and skill on the offensive side of the ball to uh, uh, to cause you some problems and, and score a lot of points. And defensively, man, they're the number one defense in, in FCF for a reason. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the tape and, you, and you'll see that. Uh, so we're going to have to play, you know, our style of play. We're going to have to make it a make it a physical game. Uh, do some things when we take our shots, take our shots, and when we want to put the ball on the ground. and and turn it into a little bit of a bar fight, we're going to need to be able to do that um, and inflict our will on it to make sure we have the type of success that we want to have. So uh, it, it is definitely going to be a, a game played through strategy. Uh, it's just not just going to go out there and just kind of wing it and just, and just play football. Uh, I think we're going to have to continue as we continue to prepare and, and game plan, uh, continue to find some of the weaknesses and, and those types of things and things and matchups uh that we can exploit and tilt the odds in our favor a little bit. But uh, I think this is going to be a, a really, really good football game. That's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be worth a ticket. I uh, hope everybody is, is definitely in the building on time. don't need to be a slow start because I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think if you're if you if you're behind and in the seat at 12 o'clock, you're going to miss something exciting probably right off the week. So uh, I encourage everybody to fill up this place real quick and real fast because you're going to see two really good football teams, I think, uh, go at it a little bit.
1: You don't have to tell me twice. I'll be in there. I'll be ready. In fact, we're going to do a show in there pregame. So make sure y'all tune up for BCSC. And so we'll be there well ahead of time. We might sneak out and see some of the stuff outside. But we're going to be right back in there before things get started. With that being said, Brian, you have a quick question you want to ask before we let Coach get out of here and get back to the business of football?
3: Yes, sir. Uh, Coach, just wanted to ask you real quick uh, about your run game. Um, It's been uh, one of the areas that you've been able to, you know, kind of butter your bread on. Can you talk about, you know, the the running game and, and the stable of running backs that, that you bring uh, into the game uh, on the
2: 16th? I'll well, tell you what, that's something that we pride ourselves on. Right from day one, we're going we're gonna to talk about the, the the toughness mentality that's built through understanding that when we need to win football games, when we need to have things happen and go our way, and we want to try to control the game, we're going to control it on the ground. Um, and, and that's just coming from my mindset, my philosophy as a former offensive lineman. Uh so that's kinda ingrained in everybody. The receivers, the tight ends, the backs, the O line, the, the coaching staff, our defense. We're gonna run the football when we need to. Now, we have a we have a plethora of talented guys on the outside too on the perimeter. Uh with Casey Hawthorne, the Sean Hezekiah, Richie Lazar, uh and a host of other guys, our tight end, young tight end, Gavin Harris, and you uh, know backs who are oh, gonna come alive and they, uh yeah, come alive. He's out of Texas area too. That come alive out in the passing game on the perimeter. So uh, you know, we, we can definitely expose you in that area, too. So we, we don't we don't we pride ourselves on being very balanced. And I think if anybody goes and pull the numbers, um, we're pretty balanced uh, right down the right down the middle of you know the amount of runs and amount of passes that we do in our, in our system. So we want to stay balanced, but we want to make sure that the run game is, is, is emphasized so that we have the right mindset uh, and mentality. Well, thank you, coach. Uh,
1: before we let you out of there, any last words you want to share with your alumni fans? Or just in general to HBCU sports fans out
2: there? I think just for our fans and alumni, it's time. You know, It's time to, to turn the tables a little bit and uh, get everybody yeah. excited about what we're building here. Um, I said from the very beginning when I came here, I didn't want to build a good football team. I wanted to build a program uh, here at Howard mm-hmm. where we're, year in and year out, uh, we're in this picture and we're competing to be uh, in Atlanta and, and playing for this and playing in celebration bowl year in and year out. Uh, but we need them. We need everybody. We need the support, uh, not only just financially, but we need the support to just be around, be in the building, add noise, bring um, that 12th element, so this 12th man element, so to speak, uh, as we continue to build this program, because we're more than capable uh, here at Howard. I and mean, we're capable of building a juggernaut. We're capable of building something really special that everybody, um, you know, wants to be a part of, whether that's recruiting, whether that's the alum, whether that's uh, media, TV cameras, whatever the case may be. Um, And and knowing that we do have a special product and we do have a special brand, let's get to it. Let's get to work. Let's go build this thing.
1: No doubt about it, Coach. Again, we'll let you get back to it. I appreciate you spending your time. Great comments today in the the Cricket Celebration Bowl uh, media conference earlier. Look forward to next week. Uh, And with that, we'll take our first break. We'll get out of here. We'll be right back on the other side.
2: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness.
0: This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh,
3: excuse me. Roll it back, everybody.
4: Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll. (laughs) Everybody. <laughs> we all go, why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
2: At CDW, we get speed as the
1: new currency of success.
4: Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation.
1: CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation.
4: So you mean building new applications, UI and mobile interfaces?
1: Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. No.
4: Nope.
2: nope. Come on, him.
0: Ooh, I like him.
3: <laughs> Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eighth.
4: He's a nine.
2: Bounty, the quicker picker-upper.
4: That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your Buick parks itself. That's
0: so you. It's just up here on the right.
4: Of course you know where we're going. That's so you.
0: kind of got a six sense.
4: And a head of display. They're here.
1: Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players
3: in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It
1: is. There's a Buick that fits your life,
0: because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. From Navi. Compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lot, and the So listen to Professor yes sir, yes, sir. And pay attention, because so he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Milk with Inside HPC HBC Sports Lab with Mike
1: Washington Charles. I Today, we're in here with Professor King getting in the information. Great news for his family that we heard today. Uh, shout out. He'll have a lot of work on his hands in a couple of months. <laughs> well, with that being said, <laughs> uh, landscape, uh, HBCU football landscape shifts. Looks like South Carolina State has hired their man. South Carolina State uh, is hiring Chennis Berry. Was in many ways expected, but it has caused some shifts. In the HBCU landscape, uh, South Carolina State has hit its, its man with tennis-buried scenes as they were waiting on the board to fulfill everything, but it looks like he has a MOU, an MOU, and agreement. One of the reasons why it was fascinating out there, obviously there were multiple sources saying he was also a candidate for Texas Southern University and Southern University. As folks would look at him, and I know in a lot of ways South Carolina State Was smart. They went about it and they tried to get ahead of the curve and really saw him in it early. It looks like that worked out for them. He is now the list of jobs and it's interesting to see what they're going. Obviously, we had the late announcement about Grambling State. Hugh Jackson was relieved and uh, moved forward. So Grambling State is out there looking for it. Now, if everything is the case and Tennis Berry is at South Carolina, that means he's leaving Benedict. So somebody will need to replace that. Uh, and now you have the opening at Allton University because Coach uh, there left over and went to Clark Atlanta. That's Teddy Keaton. So we have that opening. SIEC Morehouse College. The foes over there uh, also is looking for a job. they replacing Coach Gerald Wiltshire uh, as he left his alma mater. And then you have St. Augustine is looking for a new head coach as well. So it's fascinating as this thing comes down, we'll start hearing about these coaches' searches, which still means you have Texas Southern and Southern out there as well. So I'm fascinated to see where that goes. What are your general thoughts in terms of the offseason uh, as the coaching carousel moves around? Uh, if it's true that uh, Chinnisbury has basically agreed all things are waiting on the final approval by
2: the board
1: there in South Carolina State. What are your thoughts on that move? And maybe some thoughts in terms of where things may go at some of these other institutions.
3: Well, uh, I think uh, uh, South Carolina State getting uh, Coach Barry was was a tremendous pickup. Uh, obviously, he was the the hottest name in, in HBCU coaching, uh, really for at least the past eighteen months. Um, you know, any any team that that had some seeming some shakiness at the head coaching position, uh, whether they still had a coach at the time or not, his name was one that was being uh, bantied about. And I think that obviously with him being in uh, South Carolina already at Benedict, um, if he can continue to recruit that state as well, seeing what he put together at Benedict and how quickly he was able to transform that program into the buzzsaw, uh we saw run through the SIC the past two years. Um then the, the MEAC may be on notice very soon um with what's gonna what's gonna happen down at uh South Carolina State. Um when you look at some of these these other jobs that are out there and, and you alluded to them obviously, you know you're Grambling Southern, Texas Southern, um Allen, and potentially most likely, uh now Benedict is gonna be very interesting to see how those shake out and what names um that we're going to see uh in terms of that because there are some coaches out there that maybe uh have been out uh, of of uh shoot lost train of thought that have been out of the game so to speak uh that may the names that we may see pop up um and so it's going to be interesting particularly um, with with uh, some of these schools such as Grambling and Southern, <clears throat> where I'm I'm looking at it from my standpoint, these are hires that the AD absolutely has to nail. Both uh, both AD Banks and Doctor Scott they've got to nail these because actually you're coming into past your first hire as a coach, and then if for some reason this doesn't work out, now the the uh, the microscope is going to be leaned on to athletic administration in terms of, may, are, you, are you all the right people to make these type of decisions, to put these people in place? Um, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out, and, and uh, there's a lot of people that could potentially uh, be under the gun uh, in terms of having to, to make these types of decisions and making sure they get it correct. Yeah, good point,
1: good point. I'm always interested when people talk about people wanting a gun, because usually what you're referring to is these ADs. Uh, but I'm always fascinated of how, how quick we're able to put these landmines from these ADs uh, when people that really follow HBCU sports, oftentimes you know that the AD is not making the call. Uh, and so if you want to get it right, you're going to put these landmines on these HBCUs. You need to do one or two things. Either you need to give them the full autonomy to actually make the call, so you can make the person the autonomy making the call, or you all need to stop being scared and scooting around and stuff and go after the folks that are actually making the call, which are your presidents, your chancellors, and sometimes your board members. So I, I'm fascinated to see that because I think oftentimes we're too quick, quick to pull the trigger in and we're pulling the trigger at the wrong person. And you know how that goes. We see that far too many in our neighborhoods for the very wrong reason. So Hopefully, that gives people some pause and some thought process. Do your homework. you're going know, to be in the stuff, whether it's just fan gentlemen or particularly if you're in the media space, make sure you're doing your homework and find out who's really making the call. I made the last hire before you start talking about who needs to get it right in regards to um, moving forward on any coaches, searches, or other things for that matter. With that, uh, before we get too far into Bowie State's Kyle Jackson name, 2024, 35 and under 35 participants. By the F- uh, AFCA, uh, Jackson is the first official year leading the Bulldogs football program this past season. We'll Bulldog State, which is Bowie State, head football coach Kyle Jackson was selected for the 24, 35 Under 35 Coaches Leadership Institute, the American Football Coaches Association, AFCA, announced on Monday. It's going be a little fascinating to see how that goes. Shout out to Cheney University women's uh, coach C. Vivian Stringer, honored by the Hall of Fame, this is from HBCU Game Day. The Basketball Hall of Fame was finally recognized in the accomplishments of Cheney University women's basketball coach under C. Sivian Stringer. Cheney University will receive the Trailblazer Award as part of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame Class of 2024. The Lady Wolves had an outstanding women's basketball program in the late 1970s and early 1980s under the coach of Stringer and finished as the national runner-up at the Women's 1982 NCAA Division I Championships. The family first Stringer kept us together, and it was just, I've never played for a team that was just so much talent. End quote, Paulette Bigelow told HBCU Game Day in 2021. Quote, one on one team, you had a starting five, and then on the second unit, that can come in and start also. Stringer was hired as a school, as a professor, in 1971, before taking over the basketball program. Quote, we knew coming in we were different. We just knew that we had to. We were going to win a championship, end quote, says star forward Deborah Walker. Quote, we didn't take no answer from anybody. We may be in practice and, coach say practice is over. We are like, nah, wait a minute. We need to go over so-and-so again, end quote. Powerful when you talk about these dignitaries, the old and the young, great to see the Hall of Fame, getting it right, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, Class of 2024 uh, has Coach C, Vivian Stringer. I do want to do this last one to get your thoughts on this as we talk a little bit of basketball, bringing it back to HBC basketball. HBC basketball, this is courtesy of HBC game day as well. HBC basketball ranking up, r- racking up with wins over Power 5 schools. It's a new day in H- HBC basketball on the men's and women's teams have won matchups against Power 5, HBC, WCUs, historically white college universities, these schools. Historically, non conference basketball games have been a struggle for HBCUs, particularly at the Division I level. Often they are matched against HWCUs for the top conferences that often result in lopsided defeats when you look at the financial disparity between the two. But not so much. It's a new day for HBCUs of finding wins against some of the big name HWCUs. These victories are becoming a trend with success in these seasons. Last season matchups. Check this out. Grandma State 70, Arizona State 67. The Young scored a season high 23 points to hand Arizona State the first loss of the season in the second annual Pac 12 Swag Legacy Series. Jackson State 60, St. John's 56. Daphne White scored 16 points and grabbed eight rebounds. Arkansas Pine Bluff 78, Southern Methodist 76. Zay Green stared started the game with 23 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. North Carolina a t 56, Wake Forest 51. Malia Bracon boasted a double-double in 16 points and 10 rebounds. North Carolina AT again, 56. Liberty, 47. Shania Clark recorded a double-double of 17 points and 10 rebounds. And again, you had Coppin State, 61. Pittsburgh, 56. Lalea Lawrence led the way with a double-double of 16 points. And 12 rebounds. Then you get on the inside. Southern, 85, UNLV, 71. Tayrion Joseph exploded for 22 points. Jackson State, 73, Missouri, 72. Ken Evans, Jr. still the victim with a scoring 20 points. Southern, 60, number 21, Mississippi State goes down. Tayrion Joseph scored a season-high 27 points to upset Mississippi State and knocked off AP Top 25 pole Norfolk State 63, DCU 60. Jamari Thomas scored 70 points to secure that victory. Um, trend is growing. HBCU experienced these types of victory last year during the inaugural Pac-12 SWAC Legacy series, which were some big things. Obviously, you had Grambling defeated Colorado, Texas Southern defeated Arizona State, and Prairie View defeated Washington. All those games on campus uh, with those teams coming in visits, which gives you another framework. I also, have noted. A lot more wins between last year and this year just against other mid-major programs, which is successful, including some of our non-conference folks North Carolina A&T on the women's independent side, Tennessee State on the men's independent side are getting some big wins uh, to share the love in terms of what's going on there. So just wanted to put that out there.
3: Uh, Any final thoughts before we go to our next break, Brandon? Yeah, real quick. we, We talk about some of the strides that have been made in terms of HBCUs on the football side. But on, on, on the basketball side, um, these wins are becoming a lot more common. You know, we saw it a few years ago, kind of getting attention when Texas Southern beat University of Florida. Obviously, what the SWAC has been able to do um, against the Pac-12 in the legacy series, the SWAC might be might be disappointed to see the Pac-12 going in the way of the, the dinosaur because um, they they were, they were picking up a lot of these these wins, but. It really, it really goes right. to show you know, the the talent that that these coaches are able to to bring in, uh, and develop, and that they're really putting together uh, some quality programs. Not only you know the swag to the but even like I said in, in the independent programs, and and I think we are just seeing uh, the tip of the iceberg uh, in terms of some of the, these matchups.
1: Good stuff, good stuff.
3: Stick with us; we'll be right back after this break.
1: We'll get into some poll rankings. Stick with us. we be right back after this break.
2: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. If you think all pads
4: are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your path for up to 100% leak free and odor free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is Always Like Never Before Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to MangosCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131.
0: Get your mama hungry, papa hungry, brother hungry. Mangos
4: Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine.
3: As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning.
2: The Cuvay Group
0: Yeah. I love my HBCU Uh, and Bom. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU and man. I hope my team they won won. one. I hope my team they won one.
1: This is Dr. Bill with inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into our marching sport. As we've told you uh, last couple of The mid-major marching sport has been frozen in terms of what takes place. We'll just give you an update, show you what that looks like. Uh, We still have Miles Golden Bears at the top in terms of the rankings, but you'll get all the programs here with Albany State Golden Rams at seven. At number six, Virginia State Trojan Explosions, which will be playing for a mid-major Division II NIA championship against Florida Memorial. That is next Friday in Atlanta, so it should be fascinating to see HBC band of the year competition championship will be fascinating to see how that goes. At number five, we have Clark Atlanta, mighty marching Panthers bands. Now they have a head coach they can support. We'll see if that means they get back in the football business. We'll see what that looks like. And number four, Langston marching pride. Uh, They continue to move forward in terms of what they do representing the NIA marching pride. You got some work to do. You let Florida Memorial take your shine. You used to be, The big boys on the block at the NIA level. You let the new program out of Florida get the shine. Langston, Marching Pride, let's get to work. Let's get back to it. At number three, Benedict, Marching Tiger Band of Distinction. Marching Band, Tigers, you had a lot of chance to shine the last two years. You should have got out there a little more. Now your coach is gone. You got to find a replacement. Let's see if you can stay in the hunt. Obviously, when they talk about football, oftentimes they talk about the band. We can see if you'll find a way to stick with it and find out about it. Number two, Winston-Salem State, Red Sea of Sound, made a late push in terms of the championship, but was not enough to get into the inaugural uh, HBCU Band of the Year. And number one, Miles, Purple Marching Machine, large band, large sound, but not what the uh, voters and the experts thought in regards to making the final two in the HBC National Band of the Year Again, that will be next Friday Showcase for the mid-major level That's NAIA Division 2 level It will feature Florida Memorial And Virginia State I'm fascinated to see what that will look like And, and the excitement People will have coming into Us having the not, uh, ESPN National Band of the Year With that being said, let's stick right here and stay with it We're going to go into the major division. Not a lot of changes here, slight changes here. Was there an upset? Some people said yes. Some people said no. Let's get into the top seven for major division. We did have one competition. It was featured in the SWAC championship game. It was done in the rain. And as you see here, Texas Southern at number seven. And number six, yeah, Florida A&M, the marching band. They got it done in terms of that matchup. Just squeezing by prayer View. We'll see how that floats around. Still got some folks watching the film and voting into it. I think in a lot of ways, it depends on what type of sound you like. Uh, in a lot of ways, marching uh, 100 still has their quintessential sound, and it's more of a MEAC framework in terms of what they do. You might see a little bit this week in terms of North Carolina A&T, in terms of what they do, even though they come out of MEAC, a lot of that sound was fostered in that MEAC framework. Uh, but they take on a quintessential Jackson State band uh, this week for the major division. Uh, ESPN, HBC uh, Band of the Year. Fascinating to see what that looks like. Moving up to number five, Alabama State, the Mighty Marching Hornets. Man, this is a sharp band. They always get out there with a lot of contests. Man, they're right there fighting neck to neck. Can next year, can they find a way to get over the hump and get some of those big wins against FAMU? They upset them uh, this year in terms of what that looks like. Uh, can they get the victory over Southern? Can they get it done against the Jackson State? We shall see. But right now, as we start to close up the year in the HBC marching sport, week thirteen, week fourteen, March rankings, as it is still frozen, you have them at number five. Bring us to number four, Mississippi Valley State, the Mean Green marching machine. Shout out to Mississippi Valley State as they continue to revitalize that program. Came out of nowhere, probably. The stunt of the year in terms of the major division, what they got done. And number three, the Southern Union jukebox, they do what they do. They're a music machine. Couldn't find a way to get in the top spot. So it's going to be a rough offseason, particularly with Jackson State getting the bid. You know, it's just something between those uh, Sonic Boom of the South, uh, the human jukebox. When they go at each other, they had a march in Baton Rouge, and they said Jackson State went down there and took it to Southern. A lot of work in all season for the human boot, jukebox. We'll see what they do. They're at number three. Talking about the Sonic Boom with South and Jackson State, they're at number two. As you see, they won the championship last year. Uh, Inaugural the championship over Southern, the human jukebox. We'll see if we get a new one this year. Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion, had them ranked, and they pretty much got it done all year long. But it wasn't enough to get in the final two, as we say, next Friday for the major division, the Division One. It's going to feature North Carolina AT and Jackson State. It'll be fascinating to see uh what will happen in terms of Atlanta uh on Friday prior to the football game on Saturday. With that being said, that'll do it for our Marching Sports this week. But before I go to this break, let me get Brandon's thought in terms of the poll rankings. You can go with both or any direction you so choose.
3: Um, I guess I'm a, a, a theme I noticed, um, that struck me was I saw a lot of two and ones some three and ones, um and the overall one in ones and overall. And what that that says to me and what has been said here in the lab many times, if you want to be ranked up higher, you have to travel, you have to compete. So as as I as I look at you know the hundred on, Thank on you. the major Thank side Thank you.
1: Thank you. You can come on anytime
3: you know. <laughs> I mean, you got to get out there. You you got to travel. I mean, you you can't just sit at home and blow your horn all season. You got you can't do it. it. You got I like that. You got to get out on the road. You you got to face off with some other bands. And so, if you are unhappy about where you stand in the ranking, you know it's cool to be in the band room, but you also need to hit the pavement and uh, put some miles on them buses and get out there and compete. Um, rather than that, well the list, the list well was, was solid. I won't say anything about the, the absence of the, the Grammy Award-winning Tennessee State Aristocrats and bands, because they fall into that same category. They just don't, you know, it's, it's uh, you know. Yeah, they can't rest deals. on
1: their laurels, to your point. They have a beautiful sound, but that was in the studio. They got, obviously, the appropriate accolades for that. It never can take that away. But this is a marching sport, which means you need competition. Yeah. You got to get on the road. You got to get it. And it's kind of to a Tennessee State. Obviously, they're in a conference where you're not going to get a lot of competitions. They got to do that in the non-conference uh, part of the schedule. And now with so many HBCs playing these FBS games, um, uh, it yeah. gets more challenging as the SWAC has exploded in terms of their last conference expansion. It's less teams they can play out of the SWAC that just have scheduling rooms for them. Um, so they're going to have to have some new yep. things. Uh, they do have the matchup with Tennessee State. They got no full state to come in. So that was fascinating in terms of what that looks like. But you're absolutely right with Tennessee State. There's no question about the sand and what they do uh, in there, but you got to have competition. They say it's a marching sport. Everything I know about a sport is about competition. It means there's a win and a loss. You can't have a win and a loss. If you're not playing against anybody. Right? Yeah. We don't believe yeah, in get, playing yeah. with yourself. That's all and We'll leave that to somebody else. With that being said, before I get us all in trouble, let's get out of here and get our next break.
2: The Cuvay Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation issues today don't delay call Cuvee.
0: When you're looking for the latest information on southern university sports the southwestern athletic conference and hbcu athletics there's only one place to go tune in to the carlos brown show exclusively on the black college sports network it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones hbcu pride and joy children's boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU hbcupridejoy on facebook and twitter Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to laugh and ball, about. So listen to Professor. Yes, sir. And pay attention. Because he's going to teach a lesson.
1: This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Again, let's get into this matchup, Brandon. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, as we won't necessarily get to catch up with you until maybe next week. So I want to get some early uh, knowledge of how you're going to break this down. We got literally two weeks to kind of work through all this. Bowbound, mm-hmm. as you know, coming out of the MIAC, uh, the champions of Howard University, fascinating matchup. And they will face up against Florida AM, the winner of the SWAT championship game, get it done. You have Coach Scott, Coach Simmons. Fascinating in terms of hearing what they had to say at the media day today. Uh, That's the cricket celebration bowl uh, matchup. Great interviews I had with both coaches. Uh, We'll see if we can get that to you as well. Um, As we had to take coaches interview Willie Simmons, as he was catching a flight, uh, we got Coach Larry Scott coming out of a flight. So he's a busy man, but they decided to respect what we do on our platform, our show, and fascinating to see what that looks like. Final slide here. I want you to see that's what they're playing for, Brandon. That is the Celebration Bowl uh, trophy. Executive Director John Grant getting it done in so many different ways. It's going to be a fascinating matchup, and a lot of folks do not let the records fool you. Obviously, FAMU has done everything they need to do, posting up 11 wins on the season. Uh, You have Howard with six wins. Uh, They played two FBS programs, so let's just say they play two other division two of the HBC programs Um, and splitting those or taking those. You're easily seeing now a team that's seven and four or potentially eight and three, which kind of changes a lot of folks' frameworks or what that schedule would look like. Obviously, fam, you did play one FBS program as well. So let's just say it's one of them and they get the victory. You're talking about a seven, four team. It looks a little different than the six and five. But with all that said, regardless. You got champion against champion, and you just don't luck up on a championship in a conference. That means you're good in regards to those teams that you played in your conference. And for Howard, they defeated um, the old 4 They defeated North Carolina Central. Central last year put 50 on them. This year they put 50 on Central, took away the champion. And just the same with FAMU, oddly enough, is it, took, it was two years where they got over the hurdle Uh, against Jackson State getting it done this year. So you got two new faces in the Cricket Celebration Bowl, FAMU Rattlers against the Howard Bison. What do you say about this way-too-early breakdown of the matchup, Brandon?
3: And you just touched on it, Doc. Two teams that have both broken through. Um, Obviously, FAMU against uh, Jackson State, they finally exercised that demon. And Howard with – Against NC Central, you know, and and for so long, everybody all season we had penciled in this this super fight with FAMU and Central, and Howard came in and said, "Not so fast, my friend," and uh, they just they busted all that up. And like I said, it's easy to to look at six and five uh, versus uh, eleven and one and say, "Oh, it's a, it's a mismatch," and that's certainly not the case. You look at uh, Howard in terms of what they bring uh, in terms of, of the running game, which I'm really a fan of, of what Eden James and a lot of those boys are able to get done. You've got three, you know, three, they've got three backs that, that average, well, that, not average, that get over, that ramp over 300 yards this season and average at least 4.3 yards a carry. So you've got not, a three-headed monster that they're going to bring in. Um, and then they, they look to to play a lot of uh, mistake-free football uh, in terms of the, the quarterback position, uh, in terms of of Coach Scott kind of alluded to it in terms of the offensive balance that they have. When you look at the numbers um, from this season, there's only a 40-yard difference uh, in terms of what Howard averages per game uh, on the ground. It's a little over 180. Um, it's, I suppose, about 220 through the air. So they do present a lot of, of challenges uh for Florida Am um obviously we know that Florida Am is explosive they can score um the, their defense obviously they're, they're one of the best in the country they boast the, the SWAC defensive player of the year they all they're the best defensive team in terms not on overall but against the run they they're only surrendering 96 yards a game against the run. So it, it's going to be a battle of strength versus strength uh, in terms yes. of that. It's the, the, the proverbial irresistible force against the immovable object. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I don't think, like in previous celebrations, well, FAMU is not going to be caught off guard by the, the physical nature of the game. So that's not going to be uh, as much as a, as a culture shock for them so to speak. But with all of that being said, all of those, because I, I know this is the show of data points. So I had to make sure I brought them in, in my bag here. But with like all that. of that being said, I think offensively, I think um, FAMU will just be able they, they present some things because obviously they've now shown they can hurt you running the football. We know what Musa in that passing game can do. Um, as well. So I think it won't be a walk in the park, but I'm giving it to to FAMU. Um, I don't want to give a score yet, uh, unless you want me you to give got time it. for
1: that. Okay. No, we've got, yeah, we got time to get you with FAMU. you got time. Match I, am... I like the fact that you got into the defensive side of FAMU in the running game of Howard. That was the opening question I had uh, in the media uh, press conference today is about, you know, a top ranked Florida a defense and against a Howard offense uh, that is multiple in a lot of ways, but they certainly focus on the run. And if they can get going, they gashed a lot of teams when they had success. So I'm fascinating to see what that side of the ball looks like in that particular matchup. Obviously when they switch up, there's going to be some interest in that as well. Uh, but when you talk about strength on strength, I'm intrigued about seeing what's going to happen when the game time gets here, who can find a way to get it done. And who may throw a little chess match in those wrinkles in regards to seeing how they can maybe try to get one of the other teams to play outside of their character in the more so. great points when you break that down in terms of what that looks like. Um, final thing is in, in where that heads, uh, what do you think is going to be the atmosphere in this type of game uh, come Saturday?
3: Oh, I think it's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, I think, um, I'm not, I hadn't looked, I don't know if it, it's sold out as of yet, but I, I can imagine.
1: No, it's up, up there. I know they've had really good sales, particularly Howard. They get to start a little early. FAMU sales are picking up quite briskly. Uh, they certainly had a lot of calls in terms of tickets. So I imagine by the first of next week, you're going to get to the point where uh, you're going to have to make a decision if you have to open up kind of a couple of, extra level of standing room only seats as they did for mm-hmm. Jackson State in North Carolina Central Action. because I know like I said both of
3: those programs travel well I can remember even um when we would play them in uh in the Atlanta classic you know family they travel very well there was a lot of, of of that despicable green and orange in the stands <laughs> <laughs> well let me let
1: me ask you let me ask you this final question because I think you have a perspective that most people don't have. One of the reasons I wanted to kind of guess you on the show. I know you're an HBCU, you know, foodie, if you would, in terms of you can't get enough of it, which is why you spend the time and efforts you do. Uh, but obviously you're in a unique situation, you know, a big-time supporter, fan of Tennessee State. Um, you know, what what goes through your heads at times when you see uh, the SWAT championship game? Or now the celebration bow in these matchups. Is there ever a time where you feel like you kind of like the kid at the candy store where you see your best friend and and the mom over there and they're in there and uh, they're buying candy and your, your parents are working. So all you can do is look through the window and kind of see, and you see a big (laughs) smile on your friend's face. Uh, Obviously he's a good friend. So you you might get shared a little bit of it, but you you can't go through it yourself. Do you ever kind of get, the feeling you said, Tom. It, it might be kind of nice if we got a chance to maybe touch on that, see that a little bit. Or are you like, no, nah, we're doing what we're doing. We're okay.
3: Um. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's it's definitely that when you look at that, you you kind of say, wow. You know what would it what would it look like if you know if we were able uh, to compete, uh, you know, in some of these games and, and and things of that nature? And absolutely, you would love to do that. You know. It would, it would be a charge for, for for the fan base. It would be a charge for the, the university body. And you look at those things and not even just the SWAT championship or the celebration bowl, just games throughout the season, you know, whether it be a, a Florida Class, a Soul Bowl, or, you know, things of that nature. The, and one of the kind of the lost things um, in terms of us being where we are is some of those those cherished matchups, you know, we, you know, we don't really have it. There's not, uh, as we look at our schedule, there's not really that, you know, Grambling has Southern, you know, Jackson has, you know, has Southern or, or you know, uh, Alcorn and, and all these, these, these teams, you know, that they that they have these storied rivalries against, you know, we we kind of don't really have that. So, um, That's a good point. you know, that is something that we would like to have, Um uh, you know, un- unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, that's not in the cards right now. So, <laughs> well, hey, take- it's,
1: it's, it's Christmas fall, so you can wish uh, upon a tree. <laughs> maybe the Santa will provide a gift to you, and those that have the same mindset and framework to you, maybe you'll get a little gift on the Christmas tree that things will change. Yes. In the new we always can wish, I'm- as they say, wish upon a star, Brandon. Wish upon that's a star. It.
3: Look, I would even settle at this point because, look, I, I, as you know, I have asked both at the time. I've asked. Let's just get a battle of the real TSU. Let's get a Texas Southern yeah. Tennessee State yeah. home at home. I would, I would make the drive or, or or get on a plane to see that. You know, just just to give us something. So, any anybody who's in an athletic administration in either one of those schools, I'm just 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 putting it out there. So, you know. <laughs> Good stuff, bro. That, I like that. You,
1: playing, quick. that you just like put it out there in the ether. Hey, wishful <laughs> thinking. Good stuff. Thank you for listening to Inside of the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Keanu Caville, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. They're all on assignment. Hopefully we'll jump them back. Check us out. We'll see what we can do for you Sunday, but we certainly will be uh, giving you a show on Tuesday before we leave. Our Thursday show will be in Atlanta. We have some special things that we're working on doing uh, uh, on Friday before the game on Saturday. So we got a lot of things on the work. We're going to do a special show uh, Thursday uh, during the day. We'll be uh, looking like we'll be set up in the sports bar there. Uh, so we're going to give you some different little characteristics of some other uh, platforms. We got AZA, uh engineering Broadcast. broadcasters going to do some special things with them. They're working with our team, BCSN and Roy, uh, and then Roy is really putting in the work. He has a big surprise. I won't spoil it, uh, but you do not want to miss Saturday morning. Boy, I tell you, with that being said, uh, let me be careful before I say too much, before I say too too much. Go ahead, Doc. What were you saying? Uh, Go Go ahead ahead. and put it out there. We will be doing a show. We will be doing a live show uh, from inside the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Saturday morning before the game. Look to tune in with us at 10 a.m. That is Eastern Standard Time, so we'll get up. Get up with us. Check out the show as we're going to give you all the insight, all the information you get as we lead up to this big game. I have it as number one, the Florida M Rattlers versus number two, uh, the Howard Bison. That is that SWAC, MEAC, Miak SWAC matchup. Cricket Celebration Bowl 2023. It is one that you don't want to miss. Get in there, get in early so you can see the uh, inaugural HBCU uh, Battle of the Bands uh, presented by ESPN. It should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it uh, as you do it. We have HBCU Nightly with Erica, BJ Jones, Joshua. They're putting some things together for Friday. So uh, a lot of things with your specialists that give you your HBCU News and love, check them out. Obviously, you have Carlos Brown, who's going to give you some insight on Saturday with his show uh, to um, tell you what that looks like. You might look at a time slot difference as the game will be going on, and he may be doing a watch party. We'll let you know what that looks like as he figures out his schedule. Obviously, fascinating. You just heard ONG Strike Zone as they were celebrating the big win as well as they should. Uh, check me out on my social media platforms. Had a lot of pictures, a lot of updates. Have some interviews that I'll update that you can check out on Instagram as well as Facebook, uh, Twitter. We'll put some of these interver- in- interviews up with the coaches, the question sessions, so you can get a lot of that information about going in. So check me out on social media platforms. That is, uh, follow me obviously at Dr. Kenyatta That's D R K E N. Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time and Sundays at 9 during the football season. It's amazing. It's coming to an end. So that means our 9 o'clock Sunday show is coming to an end. Man, it's a labor of love, but it lets you know things are coming to the close. Again, Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Brandon? Of course. Let's see. Is this? <laughs> yes, this.